Okay, so welcome to Murder Sandwich, a true crime and mystery podcast. This is episode eight, and we are talking today about David Parker Ray, or better known as the Toy Box Killer, which sounds gross. I'm joined today by one of my best friends, Tara Brown. Hello. So this episode is going to be a little bit different because Tara actually lives across the country from me. <laughs> I'm on the west side of Canada and she lives near Toronto. I'm not even going to say where I live because most people probably won't know where it is. (laughs) Uh, We're doing this via Zoom, so the audio may sound a little bit different, so that's why. And if we're delayed or kind of speaking over each other, then that explains it. I do want to put a quick disclaimer, as I have in the last few episodes, that today we will be speaking about graphic content and using pretty strong language, so listener discretion is advised. They work with lots of kind of sexual abuse content, I guess you could say. So definitely make sure that your speakers are not on if there are children around. We also like to say the word fuck. Yes, also that. (laughs) So with that, let's jump right in. And of course, we're going to go grab a tuna melt, a clubhouse, or a Philly cheesesteak, and let's mow down on some true crime. You're adorable. <laughs> so David Parker Ray, which I don't know why I always want to call him David Ray Parker. I Me literally, too. I literally do not know why. When so, I Googled him, I think I Googled David Ray Parker. I actually Googled David Ray Parker to see if he was like an actor or something. And that's why I was confusing him. But all that came up was the toy box killer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm clearly just delusional. But he was born on November 6, 1939, in Bellin, New Mexico, which is in the United States of America. And around the age of like eight or 10, he moved in with his grandfather on his dad's side. I couldn't really find any information as to why. There's not even really any mention of his mom. So he did have a younger sister named Peggy, and his father still visited them when they lived with their grandfather. And whenever his father visited, he was very abusive to David, like not great. David's grandfather wasn't any better. And even like when he was like 10 years old, he would share like all of his BDSM porn with him. That's so gross. Like so gross. gross. And it was like very, like very gruesome things. And then David was like keeping some of them and then at some point Peggy did find them underneath his bed and was like really grossly disturbed but eventually they actually separated and I didn't find out why other than the fact that when his grandmother passed away then Peggy like left and lived with someone else and then she's never heard of like ever again like I don't know what happened to her (laughs) i like, I mean, if I were her, I'd just completely separate myself from him at all, especially knowing what he's done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just be like, fuck that, I'm out. I don't know this person, no relation, change my last name. Thankfully, they're right, and their name is Ray, so it's like... Bye. Yeah. Yeah, it's like pretty generic, thankfully. Yeah. I, in school, he was poor academically. He was bullied a lot for being shy around girls. Um, and then in high school, he was continued to be bullied, but just mixed in a little bit of drugs and alcohol and that. <laughs> He's like one of the original incels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, of course, because he is bullied and all of these things, you know, he decides that he's going to join the army. And so he <laughs> joins the U.S. Army. And 
I all I know is that he was honorably discharged, and he was a mechanic in the army, and then he continued to be a mechanic after, like in his life. But his main job was actually a maintenance man for the New Mexico Parks Department. So he probably had like some type of mechanic job in that. He must have not been too shy though, because he did get married four times. But obviously they're all crazy town. Yeah. He did have two children. There is basically no information on the first one. They're both daughters. I don't know their name. Um, but the second one was named Glenda Jean Ray. But she liked to go by Jesse, So that's what we'll refer to her. And she lived with him pretty much the whole time. He pretty much primarily lived in this place called Elephant Butte in New Mexico. Hilarious. Which is about 1,300 people. Which is next to a town that's called Truth or Consequences. That's so crazy. That's so, I keep saying that's so crazy. I shouldn't say that. That's <laughs> such a ridiculous name for a town. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah. So eventually David did meet Cindy Hendy, who ended up being his girlfriend. They lived together. And David's just like lifelong dream in this world was just to torture women and so he decided to save up all his money and buy a cargo trailer for a hundred thousand dollars and he wanted to make it completely soundproof and he also renovated I, I guess I'll say the inside to make it surrounded by steel so it was like quite soundproof and I'm in the middle of a heat wave in BC and the fact of being in a steel trailer with no windows sounds awful imagine I can't. So when I first looked up the case, because this is a new case to me, I don't really know much about it. But when I first looked it up, the Wikipedia article made it sound like um, a refrigerated. I just, for some reason in my head, I heard or read refrigerated trailer. So I immediately thought of Dexter, like the show and the icebox killer. Or ice truck killer, or whatever he was called. So funny. I actually never watched Dexter. What? Oh, you should yeah. watch it. I think you'd really like it. Probably because isn't he like a serial killer? <laughs> so he, this box, we'll call it, or the trailer, that's what ended up getting called the toy box. And he set up the trailer. There's actually pictures of it online if anyone's curious. It's super horrific to look at honestly but he did have like a black gynecology table set up and there was like restraints on it and there was like a mirror right above the gynecology table he basically like decked out this trailer full of like posters all around the wall that would describe how to like inflict pain on people and there was just a whack of sex toys and like torture devices and surgical instruments and chains and pulleys and straps and clamps and spreader bars and <laughs> syringes. And it was just disgusting. He even made at one point a wooden contraption that would like force women to be bent over. And then like his dog and like friends of his would like oh. attack the women there. So fucking awful. Oh my God. Like sometimes there was even reports that he would put like gravy on women's areas <laughs> to assist with the animals being in that area which That's is so gross, <laughs> <it's> gross. Uh, 
Um, I personally didn't look up a ton of the pictures of the trailer because my imagination is wild on its own and I really <laughs> just don't need proof on what it looks like. Yeah, he apparently made like homemade sex toys, sex toys. I, I did air quotes, nobody can see me. He made homemade sex toys too, but I think they were more often like torture devices than sex toys, right? Yeah. Like just, he's like gnarly. Like it was just, yeah, it was super gross. But the only picture I saw, he even like hung up caution tape from like the dollar store on one wall. And it's just like, why are you having this like random decor? What a weird it's when now that I'm saying that out loud, I wonder if it was caution tape from the police or if it was actual <laughs> caution tape that he put there. Like now that I'm saying this out loud, like the police may have taken that photo that I saw and it was caution tape from the police, but it was just posted on the one side of the trailer. It was just on one side. I saw that picture, I'm pretty sure. And I just thought, like, how funny would it be if that was his, like, leftover Halloween decorations? <laughs> it is fucking torture. in the trailer. <laughs> Fuck. So at some point, police do think he started in the 1950s with abducting and raping and torturing these women in the trailer. Presumably, he was killing them as well. But Elephant Butte actually had, like, a huge, like, reservoir in the middle of it. And, like, I saw pictures of it. It was, like, quite big. He may have been easily dumping bodies in that area. But it is said that he probably abducted anywhere between five to six women a year. Or it could be between 60 and 100 victims overall, which is, like... That's a pretty prolific serial killer. Fuck. It's weird to me. Like, that's a lot of people for such a small area that he lives in. For people not to notice for however long, too. Yeah. I know that he had a pretty, um, now I might be confusing stories. I think he kind of went for, oh, shit, women that he thought people wouldn't miss, right? Like, Yeah, like, he did go, he did target sex workers mainly. Like, he Mm -hmm. would, you know, solicit them, or he even pretended to be a police officer a few times. But I don't know, like, I've never really lived in a small town. So like a hundred sex workers to me in a town of 1300 people is like a, just a, a crazy amount of people to go missing. What what was his time period? 1950 all the way to like 1999. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Because like, even now it's hard to get people to give a shit about sex workers, right? So, but even still, like, I agree with you. Like, that's a lot of people in a not like I mean yeah a lot of time but still not that much time you know no and like that's like eight percent of the population Hmm. which is like I don't know the statistics a 1300 population town even having 100 sex workers is like to me just seems like a lot of people I don't know like they must have have traveled outside of that small area a little bit yeah he had to have been like trapped it must have been some travelers too like Mm-hmm. there's no way a hundred people in a very small area like that would go unnoticed for that long yeah so he did eventually abduct someone who got away and so she's actually the main person that ends up finding out that he's even doing this so her name's cynthia vigil and on march 19th 1999 she was a sex worker and she was in a parking lot in albuquerque new mexico so he at least was in this area at the time 
And he approached her and was claiming to be an undercover cop and told her she was under arrest for solicitation and then put her in the back of his car. So he ended up driving back to Elephant Butte and put her in the toy box and chained her to the gynecologist table. And over the next three days, he raped and tortured her with various devices and was with the help of Cindy, his girlfriend. So prior to, to her torture, David played a cassette tape with a recording that actually details like exactly what they're about to endure. It's actually 40 minutes long. And he played it like there's only three people who can attest that, but there's an assumption that he played it for every single victim. So there's only three people that technically say that, but we can assume it was everyone, I guess. Well, I think because serial killers have a method most yeah. of the time, right? So that makes sense. For like 40 minutes. That's the fact, like, I mean, the fact that he killed anybody in the first place is awful, but like, the fact that you took the time to record this crazy, like this, uh, I keep saying crazy, but this like thing, it's just a lot. <laughs> it is. It was, he did explain in this video that he only wanted to be referred to as master, to only refer, refer to the women that he's with as mistress, which I thought was really interesting because he didn't say refer to my girlfriend. He said to the woman I'm with mm-hmm. and to never speak unless spoken to first and then would descriptively explain like how they were going to be tortured. And yeah, then, didn't he just say that it was to hip, he was trying to hypnotize them or something? Yeah. Like there was something like, I don't know how that would be hypnosis. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> but uh, it did start off by saying, are you comfortable bitch? So we can just imagine what the rest says. I just, what an awful human being. Like, what a just, I mean, clearly, but like. But like, no, I don't know, just to me, it's like, you're so creative for something so awful. Like, but why? Yeah, yeah I, I think it just adds to the awfulness, really. Yeah, like, there was obviously a lot of thought. that goes. How to make somebody hurt the worst. I'm sure he got off on people being scared, right? Like he had to, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Golden State Killer when he would just watch people be scared and just sit in the shadows of their house and eat out of their fridge and watch them be terrified. It must have been a, it must be a power thing too, you know? For sure. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) On the third day, Cynthia was still there and she waited for David to go to work. And Cindy was in charge of watching her, but she went into the next room to take a phone call and the keys were left by on a nearby table. And Cynthia actually got herself unlocked. And as she was like getting out of the trailer, Cindy noticed. And Cindy broke a lamp on Cynthia's head. And then Cynthia retaliated by picking up an ice pick that's casually laying around and stabbed her in the side of the neck. Good. Yeah. Fuck that bitch. Exactly. Unfortunately, she was like totally nude. The only thing she was wearing was actually an iron slave collar around her neck and then padlocked chains. Apparently, she was like running down the road and like people weren't paying attention to her. So she did eventually make it to a mobile home. It sounds like he was pretty like rural in this area, at least. And the owner did let her in, thankfully, and they called 911. But the police were already on their way because apparently David's house had had like a interrupted 911 call already 
it's really interesting because that's not really mentioned again so like Uh, what what was his girlfriend's name cindy cindy yeah i (laughs) want no there's no way she would have called that would have been stupid but i mean it's not like these people are intelligent maybe cynthia did like dial and hang up or something or tried to call and while she was and then she got hit in the head with the lamp maybe yeah maybe so they did immediately arrest both Cindy and David, and they immediately claimed that they just took Cynthia in to help get rid of her heroin addiction. Of course. So that seems like a logical way to get rid of someone's heroin addiction. Right? Let's rape and torture them. They won't be addicted to heroin anymore. <laughs> so officers obviously ended up searching the property, found the toy box. I don't think it was hard to find looked inside, found all of those awful things, including a ton of fake police badges. And they actually did find exactly the one that he used to abduct Cynthia in Albuquerque. And then they also found evidence of Cindy and Cynthia's struggle. So immediately they were like, irregardless of what they're saying, there's a crime that happened here. Yeah, because I I thought I read that they didn't believe Cynthia at first, right? Because she's a sex worker and why, you know, you're probably just mad because he's not paying you or fucking whatever bullshit. He worked for the city, right? So he had probably some type of reputation. Piece of shit. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So police did discover a videotape in their search. It was from 1996 and it just showed an absolutely terrified woman being raped and tortured by them and it looked like she was just totally barely conscious in it as well. But despite the ridiculously grainy footage, they actually were able to make out a tattoo on her ankle. And it was like some type of like heart design. And so they released it to the media being like, hey, like we'd really like to identify this person. Who can anyone notice this? I think even in today's technology, I find that crazy. Like because it like 1996. Yeah, for sure. So it was identified by her mother-in-law and it, so it belonged to a girl named Kelly Garrett. And so basically on July 24th, she got into a really big fight with her husband. And so she decided to spend the night playing pool and drinking with her friend, Jesse. So Jesse's David's daughter. Okay. So Jesse drugged Kelly's beer while they were playing pool. And then she and David went to the bar. They placed a dog collar and a leash on her and then took her to the toy box trailer how did nobody notice i don't know small town 1996 i guess but like you'd think the bartender would have been like uh that girl's had two beers and she's trashed you, like i know it just you'd think somebody would have fucking noticed Ugh. and also fuck jesse fuck that bitch <laughs> i know so he did keep Kelly for two days. Um, she was treated just like the other girls. And both she was on date rape drugs like the whole time. He does not barely remember. After the two days, David did end up slitting her throat and then just dumped her on the side of the road. He actually survived though. So he she was madness. Found. Yeah, he was found on the side of the road and taken to the hospital. Unfortunately, her husband, nor the police or anyone believed her. Her husband thought that she just went to the bar and cheated on him. And this was her way of getting out of it. What? He thought she just slit her own fucking throat? Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Men are trash. 
Yeah. So he, he ended up filing for divorce later that year. I was like, when I read that, I was like enraged. I was like, oh, why would you slit your own throat and dump you on the side of the road? Or did he think that this cheating person did that to her? Because irregardless if she was cheating on you, someone still slit her throat. So you should still be concerned that that happened. And I'm almost positive that there had to have been other signs of like the torture he had just been through. Like, I'm sure that that ice pick in that trailer was used prior to her stabbing the girl, like Cynthia stabbing the girlfriend in the neck. Like, did, um, what's this woman's name? This is Kelly. Kelly. Like, I wonder if she had any, like, stab wounds or, because I'm sure she was fucked but it, up. But it also just wasn't the husband. The police just totally were like, yeah, whatever. Is she one of the only ones that we know was not a sex worker? Uh, yeah, she's the only one that we know that did not work in the sex industry at all. That's so fucked up. Like, it's not, it doesn't actually state that I found what she does for a living, but from the sounds of it, like, she just she had a chance on Jesse. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. So, due to the drugs, though, like, she literally, like, had no recollection. All she knew was that when it came out about the toy box killer, she, like, knew that that was what happened to her. So they obviously ended up interviewing her and she said all of that information to them. And then this is what sparked a totally thorough investigation. And they launched, they were just hoping women would come forward because they hadn't found evidence that any girls had actually been killed. So while they're looking for bodies, they're like, there have to be more victims like Cynthia and Kelly who did get away. So one girl did come forward and her name was Angelica Monica Montano. I keep thinking there's a C in there, but there's not. So she came forward that she actually was abducted by David a little over a month before Cindy. And she actually reported it. And again, the police never investigated it. Of course. Yeah. So Angelica, though, actually knew David. Like she was an acquaintance of his. And she was actually just visiting his house to borrow cake mix. And then she ended up getting drugged and raped and tortured by him. And then she was just left out in the highway in the middle of the desert. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, all of it's awful. But, like, I can't imagine. I mean, Kelly, first of all, I can't imagine just, like, realizing one day what fucking happened to you after just, like, not remembering it oh I can't I can't even imagine but then also and there's a video of Kelly so I don't know like if I were Kelly I would have called up my ex-husband and like literally lost my mind and been like screw you screw you yeah oh a hundred percent I hope he feels real bad (laughs) um but then for Angelica like you know the person and clearly she thought he was safe enough to go around because she went to borrow fucking cake mix. Like, I just... She, oh, knew, she probably knew Cindy. Like, her and Cindy were probably friends. Like, just, like, what trash? Like, actual trash. Yeah. Ugh. So the police, like, continued to search around and they found evidence, sodium pentothal and then phenobarbital in his they found both of those in his residence and so they assumed that this was used on the victims because these two drugs actually induce amnesia and memory loss so 
probably was used on Kelly Garrett, unfortunately. So, but what's good is that when Cynthia and Angelica, and then they found Kelly and they all came forward, the police just pressed Cindy to the max and she folded like almost instantly. So she just totally talked about all the murders, all the tortures. She said that they would dump bodies in the reservoir or in the ravine, or they would just dump them on the side of the desert. And her testimony also did say that David had two other accomplices. So his daughter, Jesse, and then also someone named Dennis Yancey. They both assisted in the murder of a woman named Marie Parker, who was actually Dennis's ex-girlfriend. And this girl was murdered in 1997. Other than that, though, they didn't really find any other evidence of anyone. They even sent 100 agents to search the property, the FBI did, and they actually came up with no identifiable human remains on the entire face. So he obviously did not dump anyone there and clearly knew how to cover his tracks like pretty well. Well, you said he worked in like the park services or whatever too, right? So there's also, an, I'm sure he had lots of opportunity to hide bodies. For sure. Especially over that time span, right? That's like almost 50 years. Yeah. Literally one year off of the years. <laughs> they went to trial, but they did it in a weird way where they wanted to do three different trials. So one for Cynthia, one for Angelica, and then the third one for Kelly. <laughs> so sorry, that <laughs> this is very insensitive, but they kind of sound like the Hamilton sisters. <laughs> Who are the Hamilton sisters? What? Have you not watched Hamilton? No. Oh, Eliza, Angelica, and Peggy are the oh. Hamilton sisters. <laughs> They're not the Hamilton sisters. They're the sisters from Hamilton. But anyway, okay. <laughs> I'm sad that my joke fell flat to you. <laughs> I don't know anything about Hamilton, actually. It's really good. <laughs> I tried to watch it once, but I I think I saw how long it was and was like that's a commitment I'm not prepared for tonight and then I've never been prepared for that commitment since so so his first trial so this would be for Cynthia I assume started on March 29th 2000 but just after jury selection was done David actually suffered a heart attack and so the trial was postponed and then the judge actually postponed the trial even further because they wanted to try him for a murder that took place in 1996 in Colorado but the evidence just like wasn't very strong. Um, so on May 7th, shortly before David's trial for the Colorado murder, Angelica actually died of an overdose. So she was never taken to trial. Oh, it's so sad. They like, uh, I, I guess her testimony is what they needed. Hey, eh? but yeah. just like. I know it's, it's like her story was like literally never heard. Yeah, and she never got justice. Like, it's just so sad. Yeah. So May 23rd of the same year, jury selection for David's new trial. So it's very hard to kind of figure out which one. I'm assuming this is still for Cynthia. Was finally done. And he was charged with 12 counts of kidnapping, sexual abuse, and conspiracy. But in July, the judge went forward and declared a mistrial on that because the jury couldn't fully agree on a verdict. Not all of them were persuaded that the testifying victims were actually held against their will. Cool, right? Oh, because they're sex workers? Fucking yeah. idiots. Yeah, because they're sex workers. Makes me so mad. 
Because, you know, they're less human somehow. Fuck off. Oh, my God. It makes me so mad. It's the same way I felt when we did Robert Picton. Like, sex work is real work. I will repeat it again. Like, there's no reason why these human beings could be treated any different than any other human being in the whole world. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, in July, um, sorry, I'll turn that over. In November, a retrial then began again. A few days into the trial, the judge died. So the proceedings couldn't resume until the next year in April 2001. So, like, this trial is doing really well so far, as you can tell. So this time, he was not as fortunate. He was fully found guilty on all 12 charges of abduction, rape, and sexual torture. So in June, the second trial began. And this would, I'm assuming, is for Kelly. And he just ended up making a plea bargain to plead guilty in exchange for his daughter, Jesse, who only received five years probation. They had video. You were going to jail anyway. Like, I just, why did they need him to make a deal? You had a video of him doing this to her. Yeah. Like, don't give him a fucking deal and let her rot in prison too. She's also horrendous. I think the reason, and I'm I'm just assuming there's no evidence of this anywhere, but I want to say that maybe he was pressured to do a plea because he was already going to go to jail for the rest of his life. And then that would actually not have to make Kelly testify. Yeah. And like see him and do that whole ordeal. That's um, So I'm thinking that maybe that's what they said is like, well, yeah, like you're already going to die in prison. So like, why would you even go through another trial? Like, what's the point? Yeah, that makes sense. It, it would be awful to make that woman testify, but you know that the defense would have been like, well, how do you know he did those things? You said you don't remember. You said that you were drugged, blah, blah, blah. And they would just like extend her torture, you know, just yeah. like, I get it. But at the same time, uh, Yeah, like, from his point, it's, like, super shitty, but from her point, I think it's great, because I just don't think it's her. It would be just awful. Like, they would drudge up your relationship and, like, whatever they could about you. It would just be absolutely awful, and it's been, like, five years since that happened. She just probably wants to move on. Yeah. So, he did get, like, a ridiculous prison sentence. So, in 2001, he got 224 years in prison. Good. Cindy was charged for 36 years in prison for her involvement. And then Dennis Yancey was sentenced to two concurrent uh, 15-year sentences, so 30 years in total. And I actually found two reports for Jesse because of that plea deal. Uh, one of them said she actually received nine years in jail. And then the other one stated it was just the five years probation. I'm not sure if it maybe was nine years jail, five years probation, or if it was one or the other. I'm not really sure. But either way, not enough. Yeah, either way, still not enough. Because there's no way she was just an accomplice on those two. I imagine that there's a lot, there has to be some sort of like, you get fucked up if your parent is a fucking rapist and murderer, right? It's going to fuck you up. But like, I don't know. Anything I read, I didn't read anywhere that like, she was afraid for her life or anything like that. Like, it just seemed like she's like, I'll just do what my dad says. It just, you know what, on, remember when you went on the call at first and I said, I was just finishing reading something in that article, it actually said that she went to the police 
in the 90s and had said like her dad was raping and torturing women and it just didn't really go anywhere because like he it because he had like that job and people knew who he was and just didn't really take it seriously and like she was mad at her dad yeah like she was younger like she wasn't very I think they said she was like a teenager or something so it make it kind of did make me think though because at first when I was reading up on her I was like wow like you know her dad like ruined her life and just like you know poisoned her essentially but then like at some point she felt some type of empathy or knew what was happening was wrong and I'm curious if after that she was like oh if no one's gonna help me I might as well just give into it and make my life easier or or whatever because like how would that feel if you're like 16 and you know your dad's doing these awful things you tell someone about it and like nothing happens I get the whole, like, nobody's doing anything anyway kind of thing, like, mentality, but it's still not a fucking excuse to do awful things, you know? Yeah. No, it's just, it's really sad, because from the sounds of, like, how that was, it was just a few sentences, but it kind of just made me think, like, at some point, she could have turned out to not have her life ruined, I guess. Like, she could have, like, if someone helped her at that point, she could have been removed and put somewhere else and not be put in jail and not be involved at all in any of this like her other like her sister yeah so i'm I'm glad that nobody knows anything about the other sister because i hope she's having a happy life that she's like just doesn't even think about this shit you know a hundred percent yeah so like it is said that david had like a lot of other accomplices but only one was ever named which is this guy named billy bowers which is a previous business partner. And apparently David murdered him though. So I'm not sure. (laughs) Did he admit to that or? Yeah. Like David was the one that said that. Oh, okay. To someone, but it, because there's no evidence, like it just can't go anywhere. Yeah. So on May 28th, 2002, he was transported to the Lee County Correctional Facility in Hobbs, New Mexico. He wanted to go there to be questioned by state police, but unfortunately he actually died of a heart attack there before the scheduled interrogation. And he did die at the age of 62. I hope he was in a lot of fucking pain when he died. Yeah. I doubt it with a heart attack, but who knows? Yeah. Like, I hope it just like, I hope he felt like he suffocated, you know, I just hope it all the worst for that man. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, though, because he's dead, like, the case just totally went to a dead end. Yeah. So no further bodies have ever been found. No possible victims have ever been identified. No old suspicious deaths related to him were ever linked to him. And they did find some diaries that were written by him that did detail murders of at least 50 other women. But no cases have ever been able to be created from them. There's no personal information about these women that they can track to anyone. So it's just kind of gone. And did you see the pictures of those journals? No, I just was like, oh, so creepy. Yeah. It just was like date abducted and would have like the date. And then it was like tortures done. Like it was, he had like charts of like what he did to each person and just fucked up. Like he enjoyed it for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, I think I saw, like, a quick snip at, like, some point and maybe, like, a video I've watched before, but Mm. it's just one of those things where it's, like, 
Like, why do we in a mood to dive that deep into people that sick? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, it can really, like, fuck you up for a little bit, for sure. Yeah, like, I think when I read that stuff, I just, like, think too much about where they're, like, why were you doing that? And, like, and then I'm, like, I can't think about this. It's 11 o'clock at night and I need to Yeah. There's only a few kind of, like, additional notes that I wrote down is that in November 2002, they actually opened the toy box for the public in hope that it would lead to more surviving victims coming forward. I didn't find anything about there having been. In 2012, Dennis Yancey was paroled after serving 11 years in prison out of the 30, but he was released, but it was actually delayed by difficulties in negotiating like a plan for his president. But only Mm -hmm. three months later, after he was released, he violated his parole He actually was remanded to custody where he will remain till sometime this year in 2021. Oh, shit. So he's going to get out at some point this year. I don't know why. Like, why would you mess up your parole? Like, you have a 30-year sentence. You get out on 11, and you're going to, like, mess up that quick? Like, really, dude? Like, what scum? Did you... You couldn't find anything really else about that man, were you? No, there was, like, nothing really, which is so weird. Yeah, it's weird that, like, yeah, I wonder if he was, in, like, indebted to fucking, what's his face? Maybe. Somehow, you know? So he was like, you owe me, man, you have to fucking, you know, or that your ex-girlfriend's such a fucking bitch, that's why I, we have to kill her. So, you know, like, he must have been, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't equally messed up to get yourself involved with someone named David Parker Ray. Parker Ray, yeah. I almost said David Ray Parker. <laughs> but like honestly, like how does the conversation even come about? You're like shooting fit at the pool club, and then you're like, he's like, man, I really hate my ex-girlfriend. And then he's like, you know what we could do? I've I have torture devices just down the block. Like, let's pick her up. Like, how does it even come about? <laughs> yeah, it had like yeah. Uh I bet they were like fucked up meth maybe because i mean he looks david parker ray looks like he might like math a little bit but yeah. i don't know judgment, but he might dabble in the math <laughs> um or some other hard hard substances i think but um they must have been like intoxicated on multiple things and i bet Yancey or whatever his name is was complaining about his ex-girlfriend and Ray was probably like we can take care of her you know so gross it is gross so in 2011 the FBI did perform a search on McRae Canyon which was is that really big reservoir Um, they now call it Elephant Butte Lake it, it might not 100% be the reservoir, but like I assume it is because it's talked about a few times. Mm-hmm. But they were looking for potential victims, found none, unfortunately. In February of 2012, the Australian Federal Police actually contacted the FBI because they were talking about a potential victim that they only knew as Connie that apparently was mentioned in a letter from a man named Mark. That was postmarked in Sydney, but was actually found in David's house after his arrest. Weird. Super weird. No other information about that. 
And then mm. in July of 2019, Cindy Hendy, his girlfriend, was released. And she actually served her two years of parole in prison. So when she got out, she was, like, totally out. I don't so, understand. Yeah. And you know what? There's no information about her. She's just, like, totally off the map. When I was Googling... It shouldn't I, be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. But that's, like... um. I haven't done this case. I'm sure I'll do it eventually because it's a Canadian case. But Ooh, I know who you're going to talk about. <laughs> the Barbie and Ken Killers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know an, like, a good amount about that, but not specific details. But the Barbie in the Barbie and Ken is just released. Like she essentially, from what I understand, like testified against him and basically did no time. She's like married, has three kids, like totally. And like she lives in Quebec now. Yeah. So New name, everything. Everything's different. So do you know that all of the, like, they're killing some stuff happened in the city that I live in now? Oh, really? Creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The house that they did it in is gone now, though. I wanted to go, like, look at it out of weird curiosity, but it's gone. That's fine. I'm weird like that, too. <laughs> So yeah, she's like totally released. When I actually was Googling, I was like, Cindy Hendy 2021 to see like, has anyone had any updates? And the yeah. second Google search for her was Cindy Hendy Facebook. And I was like, oh God, like people are searching her on Facebook. Oh my God. I, would, I don't know how old she would be, but assuming that she'd be around the same age of him, like she's like in her 70s. I hope she's really suffering. I hope she has really bad arthritis and, like, walks with a limp. Well, I'm assuming women's correctional facilities are not all they're cracked up to be. Like, Orange in the New Black is probably portrays them to be. So I'm assuming that she definitely has some injuries. I don't I don't disagree with you. <laughs> like, literally at all. Awful. Well, I hope she stubs her toe all the time. Sorry. Almost, <laughs> like, inconvenient... Yeah, ingrown toenails constantly. <laughs> Gross. Constant athlete's feet if we're staying on this foot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I have for the podcast. Do you have anything else you need to say? No, just such a crazy story. And like, I feel like the whole toy box killer just doesn't even, it doesn't prepare you. No about it at all you know well, no, it's really when you think about it only three individual stories but just to know like the caliber of what actually probably happened yeah. is just like really sad and I know he's dead but like I just like people will probably never come forward now like it's been so long but there's obviously more victims out there and I wish that they could have connected more to him because like there's just missing people out there I know. I just, yeah. I I thought I read somewhere that they were going to drain the, like, the reservoir or whatever, but it would have been, like, way too expensive and, like... Oh, I think it was going to be, like, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And also, it was, like, so deep that it just, like, it wasn't, um, what's the word? Like, a fucking actionable plan like they couldn't actually pull it off kind of thing yeah so like it's a good thought but like think about like the lake right like i live in a city that has a huge lake 
like it stretches from cities to cities. I'm like, Canada's like, you know, any bodies show up in this lake, <laughs> right? So you can't like the thought of draining it is. I'm sure it would be great, and lots of people would be found. But well, and I mean, after my sister and brother died, a bunch of people in my hometown would say things like oh, your grandmother should just um, drain that pond. Like, it's clearly unsafe. She should just drain it. And she looked into it because, you know, she felt, um, I assume she felt guilty, but she never really talked about it. But um, it was, like, absurdly expensive to do that. And that was just a duck pond. So, like, never mind a very large body of water. You know? You think that, and maybe it's because there's no current. Like, I don't really know a lot about reservoirs, right? But like lakes and oceans and everything have currents. So if it's a reservoir, I'm assuming it's just standing water. And that's probably why bodies have never surfaced. This is a very gruesome part of this conversation. Just a warning, but, but like, it's true. Like bodies haven't come to the surface or body parts or anything. And um, I don't know if anyone knows about like on the West coast of the United States and Canada, like they find feet in shoes, like all the time. It's like a crazy thing. And like, that's never happened in this reservoir. So I'm assuming it's a current thing, but that's just kind of weird that nobody's have ever, ever come up like no clothes, like no articles of clothing, like nothing like that. Yeah. Well, cause you'd think something, right. Cause even once bodies decomposed or whatever, something would float to the top you know yeah Yeah. I don't know it just seems weird but like yeah he's he's like literally absolutely disgusting he's gross I'm super glad that he's no longer on this earth I think it's sad because he probably was going to admit to a lot of crimes in this interrogation meeting that he died before and that would have been really nice closure but other than that like good riddance dude yeah, I'm shocked that I didn't ever hear about this case before you mentioned it, because it's, he has such a, I know he was only convicted for three, but like, or two, not even three, right? Yeah, um, so like, I, but the fact that there's so many other victims, or all the evidence that they do have is pointing to so many other victims. It's so strange to me that I never heard about it. Yeah. I first learned about it. I think it was probably Bailey Sarian. Oh, okay. I think so. I might have heard a little bit about him before that, just like casually mentioned, because he is mentioned a few times in Criminal Lines, and I'm like really into that show. So I think I might have heard from him there first. But yeah, detailed definitely from Bailey. And like, I was just like, I need to know more about this because how did I not hear about this? Like, yeah, I was born in 89, so 2000, I obviously wasn't very old, but, like, still, it's not that long ago. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, New it's... Mexico, though, which is not exactly, like, a hop, skip, and a jump from where we are, right? Like, it's it's yeah. pretty far. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I guess in the, like, late 90s and early 2000s, I was going through my own pretty shitty shit. <laughs> so it makes sense that I didn't really know about things that were going on in the world around me at that time because I was very self-involved because I had to be um but yeah it's just so I it's weird that I I feel like at this point I haven't heard because I fucking read 
or listen to audiobooks. I don't really read much uh, lately, but like I've listened to audiobooks a lot about different serial killers. I watch documentaries. I used to read about them all the time. And it's so weird to me that this guy is just, I've never seen his name before. I kind of feel the same way about like Robert Picton. It's like, I, I heard of him, but he, like all of that stuff happened while I was in high school. And like, I don't really remember any of it. And like, I only live four hours from Vancouver. So like, you would think I would have remembered, but when I was reading up on the case, I was like, oh, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And like, I, I was like 16, like he got convicted in 2007. I graduated high school in 2007. So just goes to show that it obviously was all over the media because it's a very popular case. But mm. when you're in that time period of your life, you're like, really do not pay attention. Yeah, that's true. Oh. I didn't know anything. It's so funny because I didn't know anything about Robert Picton either. And then when I moved to BC, my mother messaged me because I, when was his trial? Was it in 2007? No. Yeah. Right. That's when he was, Oh, it was in 2007 when his trial was. Does something happen in 2009? Is there something happened in 2009? I'm like totally blanking, even though I spent so much time on my piece. But it was no, around no, it was that. Fun. It was around that. Yeah. Okay, because I just remember my mom messaging me and saying, "Like, is everything okay? I've been reading a lot about this like serial killer," and I was like, I immediately thought, "Like, does she think that I was in?" danger like he's arrested like I was so confused and then I like looked into him a little bit more but I think she just meant like that must be scary that like all that news and stuff about it and you just moved there kind of thing and I was like oh he's been arrested it's fine <laughs> I didn't know anything about his creepy brother though so yeah I don't I don't know like it's interesting yeah uh, that like things happen like that and I remember some cases from a long time ago like I I remember standing in the grocery line seeing magazine covers of Don Bunny Ramsey and that oh, yeah. in like 1996 I believe or 97 I wasn't very old but mm-hmm. I, I remember that and then the all her pageant pictures all over magazine covers so like those are the pictures you should use of her that's weird like I just well I find pageants weird anyway but yeah and that's a case that like really bugs me like I I watch all those stupid documentaries that come out that don't have any new information and But it's one of those things that's like, that case is so highly publicized. I'm trying to spin it back to what we're talking about that. Like, (laughs) I don't remember and neither of my parents or anyone around that age, like no one I know have ever heard of this guy. Mm -hmm. Like John Bunny Ramsey happened in Colorado, which is like pretty far away from where I live. And like, that was everywhere. And I don't, and that was four years prior than this guy. I don't remember anything about this guy. It did not yeah. make it up here, I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's funny because, like, there's lots of serial killers that I don't know anything about from different countries, especially. But it's just in North America, the big, and I say the big ones, and I mean that by like large numbers of, yeah, murders or rapes or, you know, whatever, um, victims. Um, you typically know about them, you know? Um, I bet there's some sort of, like, documentary on YouTube about them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just strange to me how some serial killers are so publicized. Yeah. While others aren't as often, you know? Like, the Unabomber, huge in the news. Huge Huge in the news. His was a little different, though. Like, there, there was a whole, like, 
fuck the government kind of thing behind him, I guess. But I don't know. Murder's murder. Yeah. And I'd say that honestly, like, not, I'm not saying the Unabomber is a good person by any means, but like David Parker Ray, like, he tortured, raped, and killed who knows how many women. I'd say he's worse. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, like, look at like Ted Bundy. Yeah. Like, how many movies and stuff about him and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> I understand you wanting to share maybe his story or you find it interesting or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. there are other true crime stories that are just as interesting. Just as interesting if you want to make money off of them. And like, how many more Ted Bundys do we really like movies do we have to sit through? Yeah, I wonder if it's a thing like families of the victims or even the like surviving victims are like, no, you are absolutely not making money off of my story. Maybe that that's why. But they don't even need their permission. Oh yeah, I guess that's fair. So like don't get me wrong, I watch all the Ted Fundies. <laughs> yeah, totally. Me too. I find it's funny because like a lot of the big guys, like I find boring. <laughs> Which is weird. Not boring. Boring is maybe not the right choice. You know what I'm trying to say, though. Um, like, I find I find cults, for example, really interesting. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, Charles Manson. <laughs> I yeah. find his story just kind of like, eh. it's so heavily talked about. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. That like, like we know it. Like everyone knows what happened. Yes great he was like the first person convicted of murder who didn't actually murder someone but like he's dead now like and i'm actually really happy that he's dead because people were so obsessed with him like he had like he was engaged to like a 20 year old like where before he died i will never understand those type of true crime fans i don't i will ew 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 I will literally quote Bailey Sarian and get better idols. <laughs> yeah, get better absolutely. idols. Absolutely. I just like, like, cause clearly some of these people are like need um, significant help and should be seeing therapists on a regular basis because, well, I mean, anybody who falls in love with a serial killer, I think, because if you're not, just fucked up on your own you've been manipulated by this person and you need to go talk to somebody about it i just so that's what we're going to stop today with our chat about david parker ray and also our chat just about serial killers in general at the end so i want to say thank you to tara for obviously joining me today and hopefully next time we can just do this in person yes thank you for having me super fun if anyone wants to stay on top of the podcast, feel free to head over to the Murder Sandwich Podcast Instagram, and you can even shoot me a message there if you want with any suggestions on episodes. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and supporting the podcast. You know, share with all your friends and families if they don't mind our content. And I do post <laughs> new episodes bi-weekly on Tuesdays, so I will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.